Welcome to Investing, Earning, Living podcast. Your hosts, Marika and Marek, who went from nothing to multimillionaires in their early 30s, will show you how you can invest more, earn more, and live more. How you can go from zero to a multimillionaire through strategizing, diversifying, and increasing your earning potential. Invest more, earn more, live more. Hi guys, in today's episode, we will be talking about sourcing and sourcing business, how to, where to, when to. Uh, I'm your host, Marek, and today I'm with Marika. Yep. And let's crack on. Yeah, let's crack on. Sourcing. Marika, what is sourcing, first of all? Um, So sourcing, when talking about sourcing, we're referring to property sourcing, um, which is finding Uh, a property deal um, that you can source on to someone who is looking for that particular deal. But you're sourcing it for a profit. So you're sourcing it. Typically, when we are sourcing, we're referring to um, sourcing of of an investment property, investment, uh, whether it uh, buy to let HMO or flip so it has to serve some purpose or could be a residential maybe somebody's looking for a residential uh, so yes it will be a, a, a sourcing a property to someone who is looking for that for a particular um, type of a deal and it may not necessarily be a purchase it could be a um rent to rent deal for example it could it be a could lease option be a lease option yes so so it's basically a package deal that usually is uh, below market value that it's done by a sourcing agent like ourselves to an investor or or, or someone who's looking to move in to residential or maybe perhaps even a international client or a business who that are they looking for a property or or place um, of any strategy they are focusing on. So, for example, we have quite a lot of international clients that contact us to help them find property for them. And sometimes it is a specific property they're looking for in specific area. Or sometimes they just tell us, okay, we just want 20% return on investment after flipping the property or after doing uh, BRRRRRR, yeah, which is, you can explain what is BRR. Yes, by um, refurbishment refinance. Yeah. Um, or sometimes we do have also clients where they say, look, we're looking for a dream house. Uh, can you help us? find it now obviously as a sourcing agent you charge a sourcing fee now typically in uk in the sort of standard environment throughout all sourcing agents uh it's usually three thousand for a normal deal plus vat or if it's a bigger deal with bigger returns it's 5k sometimes it might be even 10k yeah, but a typical standard uh, charges are three thousand pounds plus VAT. So that's what you would expect to pay a sourcer to find you a good deal with a good percentage or good returns um, if you're looking to flip and and cash 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 out. Why do sourcing? Okay, so uh, why have we been doing sourcing? So maybe we start with that. Um, so we, when we started investing in properties, um, you know, we started small and then, uh, we started building the portfolio, developing, developing relationships with the local agents and then agents started feeding us with loads and loads and loads of deals. And some of them were, you know, were really, really good ones below market value. And we just felt like we can't just buy it all. Uh, we, we, we can't buy it all um, ourselves. So we might as well um, source it on to the people that are looking for this particular type of a deal. 
So we've established a relationship with the investors that were looking for similar properties to what we've been looking for um, to enable us to source the, these deals on. So, so what's happened in our scenario is we had too many deals being fed through to us and we could not purchase all of them uh, Which was still ourselves. very good deals and it would have been shame to let it go. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. So obviously, uh, when you start in a property journey, if that's what you're looking for to invest uh, in properties and become a landlord, um, you're going to get to the stage where all your money is trapped in certain properties because you need, you're doing a refinancing or, or you're looking for the next deal. Uh, it, it, it's a shame to let go of that deals, but unfortunately, you will not be able to buy them all. So you might as well package that property, package that deal nicely, you know, put, put it in portfolio, uh, nicely presented with numbers and so on, and pass it on to your friends, your family, uh, or potential investors, where you get 3K out of, you know, showing them the deal, presenting and making sure the numbers work, doing, doing your due diligence. And that's what you're being paid for, for your time, for your uh, due diligence, for finding the deal, for, for making sure that the deal goes to the designated investor. Um, uh, and at least you can profit somehow from the deals you, you cannot purchase it yourself. So this is that why we start doing sourcing. Yeah, yeah. So you can kind of approach sourcing in two ways. I suppose if you are only starting... Um, to do sourcing or, you know, if you're not even, if you're not ready to get your own properties, but you want to get some experience and you want to get into property, uh, into property market, but you're not yet ready to purchase, you can source um, deals on to other people as well. And save up um, for your first investment. Yes. Um, but what I'm trying to say is um, you may need to, first of all, find um what people are looking for so what sort of returns what sort of deals are the people you may be working with are looking for because if you've got no investors you can't just go and find the deal and then you know what do you do with that deal yeah 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 so when you start sourcing make sure you have investors ask around friends family um uh, and uh, surround yourself with property investors and landlords because mm, eight times out of ten landlords and investors they do not have time to look for those properties themselves because they're occupied within the, their own businesses they're running their own different businesses than properties so they will approach sources to look uh, and find deals for them and they are willing to pay the money. Now, once you build a relationship with, with those investors, um, it becomes much easier, but also very crucial to build in, build relationship with agents, isn't it? Because when you're sourcing properties, uh, you will be sourcing properties from estate agents, you will be sourcing properties from auctions, and you will be sourcing properties direct to vendor. And this is the three-way you will source the properties. So, and relationship is the biggest, biggest seller in sourcing. Once you have relationship with the landlords, with the agents and with the investors, these jobs become very easy. Yeah. Okay. A lot easier. So it's never easy in property though. Nothing is easy. Yeah. If, if everything was easy, everyone would be doing it. So where to look for properties? Okay, so are we talking about the area here or are we look, uh, talking about approaching people, um, approaching vendors, agents and so on? Well, let's start with property. Where and what to yeah, Okay, for. so let's start with an area. Okay, so, so first of all, um, if you are looking for a property for yourself, uh, let's say you're looking for a property for yourself, you need to, you know, you need to establish which area um, you want to be investing in. So depending on your budget and the same when working with investors, you know, different areas have different um, prices are so different. You know, in the north of the UK, you have a different pricing than in the south of the UK, for example, you know, we're in the UK. <laughs> So we're referring to that. So you need to, first of all, establish what your budget is, 
or what your investors budget is um and you know and 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 if investors want to invest in a particular area do you, are you able to cover that area you know so um and not all the areas will will work um so some areas will work as buy to lets some areas will work as flips um some areas won't work for either of those yeah some areas um, are only good for hmos yeah that that is correct <clears throat> and some are absolutely not good for hmos because of yeah. the different restrictions that are in place correct so, so so the main thing is you need to familiarize yourself with the area with the agents and you don't want to stretch yourself too thin so for example if you are sourcing in london just stick to maybe northwest london or west london don't do the whole of london because you you run out of time when um, when you when you do viewings ideally you want to do between 10 to 17 properties a day in that day um that is if you are only if you are purely sourcing on yeah right? if you if you're taking that business you, if you're going to take that business seriously you really want to be doing minimum of 10 now when i go out do and do sourcing i never go uh, if I have less than 17 properties because it's wasting my time. We've done this for so many years. Uh, all I need is 15, 20 minutes to go and have a look what renovation is needed, uh, check my numbers, uh, check comparables. That is done, obviously, um, by uh, comparables, which we're going to cover in a minute. But that's what I need. I need 15 to 20 minutes and I'm off to the next one. Are you one. talking about a compact area, which is, let's say, uh, Liverpool and northwest of the UK. But if someone's, let's say, in Canada or somewhere, you know, then they can't, they, they yeah. won't be able to fit it in. So obviously we pre-calculate all the traveling and, you know, um, and with experience, you've got a lot of experience now. Um, so people who have got no experience, no renovation experience, they need time to, you know, yeah. to analyze the property, to analyze the deal, check for all the possible issues. Like, you know, you go in with your level of experience, you go bang, 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 bang. This is what it is. There is subsidence. There is, you know, there's cracks. There's, uh, there's, uh, all the different issues, but someone that is a newbie, you know, I would not recommend to start with like 17 properties. Right. Yeah, that's why I said if you're you know, taking the business seriously. Yeah. Uh, so the 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 things you need to look for is the traveling time between one and uh, and, and bas basically between a property to b. How long does it take? Because we did encounter problems where uh, we've booked a property uh, every half an hour, and then admin did not realize that actually I need to drive two hours to this property. So you need to make sure that that is very crucial. Yeah. Otherwise, you will ruin the relationship with the agent. And you're going to be angry for most of the day because you haven't seen what you wanted to see. So that's one thing. Second thing, you need to know your numbers. So if someone is looking for 20 or 25% on return on investment, if it's a flip, you need to make sure the numbers stack up. And do not have hidden cost, guys. If you have hidden cost, then your investors... Um, will never ever come back to you. And usually the investors that bought from you once, they will buy to, to, from your second, third, fourth and fifth. They always come back because you you are really good with numbers. You've proven that the numbers work. You always had a backup plan as well, which is very, very crucial. So just because you source the property for buy to lead or for flip or HMO, if it doesn't work as a HMO, what is a backup plan as a sourcer? You always have to put that in, in, your, in your package deal um, because this investor needs to know that there are minimal risk. Obviously, there are always risk, but you've minimized the risk as much as possible when you're sourcing the deals and packaging them up. Okay, mm. what mm. to look for? The best deals, it's, I would always say, the more stinky, smelly they are, Mm. the more cash generating they are. Um, you know, uh, you want to really look for the misuse properties where you literally have to wipe up your your shoes, walking out of the property, not walking in, because that's where the cash is. Mm. Um, most of investors want to have unloved properties because they can add value to it. And that, well, that way you can also negotiate better price with the agent, the vendor, 
the landlord. Yeah. <clears throat> so that 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 would be planning, very crucial planning, and it's not planning uh, to build something, planning your day before going out and sourcing. Uh, if you don't plan it, then you're most likely gonna have very negative day. You're gonna be late. You're gonna be calling agents that you cannot make it. And again, relationship with agents is crucial. When you get to the properties, questions, as many questions, professional questions as possible. Now, if you are a newbie, you will not know what what to ask for. But questions like. Have you had any offer yet? What was the offer? Nine times out of ten, they're not going to tell you as a newbie until you really build a relationship. And then they will tell you what was the last offer. Was it accepted? Was it, was it not? Was the pro- Why the pro- property uh, is on the market? Why are they selling it? How long on the market? Uh, why they didn't decide to renovate? Um, questions like that, you know. Has it got any, any legal uh, issues? Is a freehold? Is a leasehold? Um, what to look out for, Marika? Mm-hmm. Uh, anything I missed on that one? Yeah, like, you know, things could be like... Um, uh, uh, how are the neighbours like? Asking, yeah, how are the neighbours like, for example, yeah, asking the right type of question will help you to put the right type of offer in. So let's say a couple is divorcing, right? Yeah. Bang, 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 bang. You would know they're bells. desperate. They are desperate. Correct. Yeah. Or, you know, things that, oh, let's say there is a probate. So someone died and there is a probate. Um, and y- y- you might start thinking, oh, this is going to take time, you know. So it's just, yeah, ask the questions. And then based on that, you can even negotiate the price down because you will know, like, as we said, someone's divorcing. Okay, they will be desperate. They will take less, you know, especially if they've got a cash buyer in place. We work with many investors. They are cash buyers. And they want speed, so 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 these these type of people want speed, you know. Uh, some people lost their jobs, for example, you know. Like we don't want to make, um, you know, we want to help people. So how can we help them? Not how we can take the house away from them, right? Yeah. Because you you always need to be thinking how you can help the people that want to be Selling. that want to sell. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Um... Obviously, like I said, you know, was the worse property it is in terms of condition, the more profit you're going to make uh, for your investor. The other thing you need to know about the renovation cost. If you are a newbie, uh, you might want any and you don't have any experience on, on renovation or building sites. You might want to establish relationship with two or three different builders who would be happy to travel with you and do the viewings give you base quote while you're there um, because they will know then that they're going to have a job. Yeah, or you couldn't get get an offer accepted first and then get a build around once it's accepted. That is also an option, but don't get burned down and, you know, try to offer on too many and then, you know, get builders and then it, it all turns out not to be good. I think the basics they need the, the the listeners need to learn the basics of renovation pricing. You know, get yeah. the feel before how much, going in. How much does it cost in a local area to let's say do flooring, do flooring, uh, yeah. do uh, new installation, electrical installation, new heating? What you can also do for the newbies uh, is. You can actually, if you have a, uh, if you live in a house or flat apartment, what you can do is get three to six different builders into your house and say, look, I want to gutter the place out, literally to bare bricks or bare concrete and redo it again. Now, you're only doing it for yourself to, um, to educate yourself. They don't have to know that you are not planning to do it. But you tell the builders, local builders, look, what I want to do is cut the place out, start fresh. You need to give me a quote, but every single item has to be priced. So if you're quoting me for the uh, flooring, it has to be with materials and labor separately. If you're going to be doing um, uh, electrical installation, I want to know how much it's going to cost separately from the flooring. That way you will educate yourself what are the local prices in the relevant area of your uh, 
sourcing abilities basically mm. um, obviously if you're willing to travel further out the field then maybe it's better to to get the local builders around the area there um, but you, you you get the gesture how to get it but this is very important because if you get your renovation price wrong that means the profit of your uh, for your investor is wrong that also means your numbers are incorrect so more likely you're going to lose that investor and your reputation yeah and uh, yeah you need to be thinking about that investor you know it's someone's life a lot of people who want to get into a property game step into a property game that you know like some people i'm not saying a lot like everybody but some are using their savings you know their life savings right to purchase a property and the last thing you want to do is you know you, you screw someone up like that yeah. so you know the only thing you will not be able to check when you're within the property is what is behind the wall what is under the floor or what is above the ceiling, you know, between the floors. That's the only thing you will not be able to check. So if you have a contingency plans or some sort of, you know, 10, 20% buffer mm. uh, for unforeseen stuff, which sometimes happen, mm. we we never had a property where we never had a property where we said to our investor, look, we told you the renovation is 25, but actually it's going to be 30. No, we never had that. Mm. When uh, we usually got a pretty straight, pretty yeah. But then if they paid more than, let's say, yeah. 20,000 is because they wanted extras, which mm. wasn't specified within the specification mm. that we provided mm. when we packaged the deal. So what normally happens is I would go view the property, then... Uh, um, run the cost of the renovation we would then uh, uh, get our admin team and again the reason why we are using admin is because we've grown and we just don't have time to do it ourselves anymore uh, so we would have thought and teach our admin how to do the comparables and due diligence so as we speaking with comparables how to do a comparables what you need to do is um how to do comparables, Marika? So, so how to do comparables? So, you um, typically for your comparables, you will be looking at sold prices. So, uh, you for need the past, a, you what, need a five portal. Years? Yeah, within the, the we last never go five, more years, than five years, I wouldn't, years I wouldn't recommend to no. go more because. Uh, you so, know, what you recession. do is you you check for sold prices within the area, ideally postcode or zip code, the same zip code. Uh, or the same postcode, the, yeah, same street. the same street. And I you want to get as close comparable as possible. So like for like, if, you, if you're uh, sourcing a three-bedroom house, the, or real estate, three-bedroom real estate, you want to get exactly the same looking or very similar looking on the same road. Failing that, we usually do quarter of a mile. Failing that, we go up to half a mile. We never really go on yeah. to a mile uh, because in UK, where we do sourcing, and we only do now sourcing Northwest England, price of a house on one road, even though is the same looking like for like house with the same meter square on another road, will differ. This is how UK is, you know. Uh, you have houses where price will be £50,000 and the literally next road up will be exactly the same house for 120k. So you need to be checking by zip code, by postcode. The, yeah, the more you know the area as well, the easier it will become because you will, you know, you, you will be able to... When you know the area, it's, 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 it's a lot easier because um, you know everything, you know what the schools are in the local area, for example, you know uh which which uh, which let's say which roads are better for the area i mean we've just seen a house not long ago um that was uh, in the best road where we live um you know and that road is so different to every other road that is next to it isn't it yeah so yeah yeah um so coming back to comparables so you 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 check for salt prices within that road or within that area, within the postcode, within the zip code, uh, up to five years. 
Yeah. I wouldn't look more than five years because the market is so different after five years. Uh, you want to have very similar meters squares. And what we usually say that if if it's ten if it's different by ten meters square, that's an additional room. And it's because of the uh, regulation and legislation in UK. Um, normally, uh, double room to be considered as a level space, it has to be 10 meters square plus. It's, it's usually 10.5 or 11.5. So we always say if it's 10 meters different, that means it's an extra room. Um, if it's within five meters, it's okay because they might have a porch or they might have uh, you know storage space in a loft which is considered um the thing is livable space in uk is box room considered seven and a half meters usually square uh that you can sleep in however you have to have minimum of 1.5 1.5 um, so anything up to 1.5 ceiling height will not be considered in as a living space what well, I'm talking about lofts you know how uh, roof spaces are apex roof like a triangle so up to one and a half where the slope is will not be considered up to one and a half meters uh, height will not be considered as a living space so you cannot count this okay now why we always check by meters squares is because if the house next door is used as a comparable and it has a roof extension, back extension, side extension, you will not know this because you haven't seen the house. But you know that it's sold as a comparable for significantly more. So you need to do a little bit more digging. So what we do, we then check meters squares. And... 99% of sources in UK, they don't know how to check meters squares, mm. okay? What we do as a company, we use something called EPC certificate, Energy Performance Certificate, which is a must in UK, right? If property being sold, you uh, need to produce that certificate to see how the energy performance certificate, uh, energy performance of the house is done. Now, when they do this certification, this is very cheap certification, and it costs 35 pounds, so it's about, what, $50, right? When they do this, they tell you how efficient uh, in energy is the house, how it can be improved to better grading. So the grading is from A to F. So how you can improve uh, so they they give you recommendation. Maybe you need to put a bit a bit more uh, insulation. Also, that helps you with the renovation because if you're giving it, uh, if if you're providing renovation for your investor, and that's what they're usually looking for of uh, hands-free service. So they want you to find the property, uh, package the property for them, help them throughout the legals. Uh, and then renovate it for them and then put it back on the market. Usually that's what they want. They want off-hand service. So as a source, you can provide this. And that also is giving you a bit more profit because if you're doing that, you can charge them a project management fee. You can charge them the sourcing fee for finding the property. Then you can charge them for management fee on uh, at the end when it's done. To, you know, to show people the viewings or maybe you're going to help them rent it out and stuff like that. So this is very crucial. So uh, so energy performance certificate, you, uh, how you get that? There is a government page where you can where you can check this for free by postcode, by zip code, by address. And over there, every <clears throat> energy performance uh, assessor will write the meters squares of the pro pro property is mandatory. They always put that. That's how we do uh, meters square comparables, isn't it? Mm -hmm. What else do we check? The... We check crime mm -hmm. uh, within the area. And if you're based in UK, we never... If it's, if it's 300 or more crime within the specific postcode per month, 
then it 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 means it's it's a very bad area really yeah but if it's holiday area i think we've yeah. mentioned it so yeah. if if it's a holiday area then you automatically gonna have more than 300 uh crimes in that road per month because of uh, misbehavior drunk people parties and stuff so so you need to really know what you're doing in terms of mm. comparables if you if you're sourcing holiday flats or holiday properties in holiday area for your investor then obviously the crime has crime rate has to be high you need to expect higher but if you sourcing it for family or investor who wants to rent the the property to family then the crime has to be low ideally next to good schools good transportation and logistic maybe bus stops hospitals if you sourcing a hmo you want to have it close to universities close to hospitals where where young professionals will look for rooms to rent during the the, the period of the work or or the term of of uh, university or college okay mm -hmm. um what the, issues you need to look for there's uh, also mentioned the type of the house i think we briefly mentioned that when you're doing comparables you have to have the same type of a house you cannot compare uh, uh semi-detached um to a detached the prices of a sold semi-detached uh, to a to a house that you are buying that is a detached, for example, you know, or if uh, it's a terraced house and you're terrace, comparing so. with a detached house, yeah. it's not gonna work. Yeah, the prices will always be different. If you're having terraced house and is an end of terrace house, that also will differ because end of terrace usually is more expensive. Mm -hmm. Not much. It might differ by five thousand, but you need to know this. Yeah, with experience, um, yeah. with experience, and by going through different comparables on the different roads. You can you can understand what is happening through a terraced house or end of terrace. Um, you know you can get the feel. So the more you are out there, the more due diligence you do on the deals in your local area, the more experience you're gonna have, and therefore the more accurate you're gonna be. There is one thing we never do when we source property, mm -hmm. isn't it? When we source property, and that might be some idea to you guys. We never break one rule. One, one, it has to have a certain percentage. So for us, when we're looking for a flip, it has to be um, minimal, we say, what, 20 plus yeah, uh, return 15, on investment. I, I suppose 15%. 15% is the absolute minimum. No, uh, that's that's usually we do if we do it for ourselves, but that's because yeah. we have a construction company. So if we're doing on 15%, we're not really paying for, yeah. for, the, for the materials and for the labor. But for investor, 20%... 18% would be bare minimum mm. on the flip, I would say. Okay. So some people are looking for profit, right? So if you have a chunk of money to invest in a bigger deal, let's say, you know. Yeah. Uh, the other thing you need to look out for is not just comparables, but also what's going to happen in this area in the next 5, 10, 20 years. Because we've got quite a lot of investors that are not only looking for quick return on investment, but also capital gains. Now, if you know that there's going to be big regener regeneration happening or is happening within the next 20 years or there's lots of private investors going in, developers, the area will benefit from capital gain. So this is something you want to be checking as well. So, for example, I'll give you idea if you uh, sourcing in Manchester, Manchester has, uh, you know, a lot of information what's happening with the planning departments plan what's happening with development yeah. where it's happening uh, so you know in the next 10 or 20 years the property that you bought for 100,000 will most likely be worth 150 or 200,000 yeah i'm just giving you know, examples um when it comes to 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 the pricing mm -hmm. but you want to be looking at that as well as as a sourcing engine the other thing that i haven't mentioned but we always do we charge investors three thousand plus VAT mm -hmm. for find for finding the deal and and for our for our basically time, right? So when we negotiate prices, and we know it's really really good deal anyway, with the with the price they're asking for, our minimum best minimum would be. 4000 less than the asking price even if it's a very good deal because we're already charging the investor 3600 
So it wouldn't be fair to get a property for 50,000, which is on the market for 50,000, and then charge additional 3,600 to investor. Some sourcing engines do that because they say, well, I found a deal anyway. But for us as a company, we, we don't do that because our job is to get the best deal. So if they're asking for 50,000 and you know it's, it's, it's a steal, we would still negotiate minimum of, of 4,000 less because we're charging this investor. He might as well go to the agent if it's through the agent and then give him the same price. Um, would you agree? Um, yes and no. Okay. Um, because at the end of the day, it's the sourcing agent that finds a deal. And, you know, let's say there is a, there is a deal um, <clears throat> and it, it works really well. And, you know, the, 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 the sourcer has got a relationship with the agent. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, the agent will trust the sourcer that by putting the investor, the deal is going to go ahead. So... So in a way, I disagree with that because... Yeah, but you know, we never the, the, source the, the property for the same price that they're asking. We always go lower. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, along the way, we have lost many deals because of that criteria because we, we at the time... Well, we I suppose if the it, investor yeah. says, look, just find me, I don't care, and I still pay you, then that's fine. But uh, I, I would never source. I personally would never source property for the for the asking price. What they're asking for, even though I know it's a steal, I would still negotiate less because I know. Yeah, I'm but if you can't, you can't, right? And 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 there was a few deals that were on the table, and people were offering that four k more, and that was still a really good deal, still giving twenty five percent return. And you know, and and uh, and we've had different partners back then that we were working with, and um, you know, this was the criteria at the time uh, where we had to comply with through that partnership arrangement. Um, but I, I understand what you mean and and your point of view, Marek. But I still feel, you know, if it's still a good deal, then it's you know, it's worth is is worth doing it because you know you may not find another deal that will give you this 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 amount of uh, percentage return. I suppose right? it goes to yeah. speaking with investor and if they're happy to pay, you know, more to get that deal. Yeah. Um. Then so be it. Um. Issues that you need to look out for sourcing it. Okay. So uh, the legals. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, so, so the issues uh, the issues uh, will depend on a lot will depend uh, w where the property is coming from. So, for example, let's say a property goes to auction. Okay, most of the time there there is a reason why, why a property auction? goes to auction. Yeah. So, the, the, so there is a reason. So there could be some serious structural issues. For example, there could be legal problems, uh, you know, different, different things. Uh, things like knotweed, I think we've mentioned Japanese in the past, weed. Japanese knotweed. So this is a plant in UK, which is not uh, from UK. But if you have this plant, it's called Japanese knotweed. For us, it's very easy to identify because we've done it for many years. But it's something for the newbies, you need to know this. Because if that plant is within seven meters to your boundary of the property, you will not get a mortgage. The property is not mortgageable. So you cannot put basically a property real estate loan from the bank against that property because it's got Japanese knotweed. Mm. And I know plants certain other plants in UK that are worse than Japanese knotweed, but they are not considered dangerous to the property. But this is something in UK that is very common, and some of the areas in UK have a lot of it, so you need to be checking that. Yeah, especially if uh, they are cr close to railway lines, mm. for example. Yes. Right. Uh, but also it can come to advantage as a saucer, because mm. knotweed can be treated. Yeah. Yeah, you can put treatment plan with the insurance and guarantees. Yeah. There are companies that treat uh, this plant over the 10 years period. 
okay? But you as a software can use this as your advantage to negotiate even better deal because it's got Japanese knowledge. So you can always say, look, I can't mortgage this property. I need to buy this cash. So I need to, and I need to put a, a treatment plan for it, which is going to cost me. I need to put the insurance. So mm. th there is there is a opportunity to to get an even better bargain, you know, if you're doing it rightly. The other things, subsidence, um, cracks in the property, um, you know, cracks in the structure. The other things you need, always need to check is roofs. Mm. There's many, many sources that I've seen went into the property and they haven't even opened a roof and loft hatch to check if you can see sunlight through the roof. Because most likely, if you can see sunlight, then, then, then there, there is leaks. Yeah. Check for gutters if they are functional or not. Obviously, if it's a sunny day, you won't be able to check them. But sometimes, if there, there, there is discoloration in the joints, usually this is where the leaks are. And garden. Nine times out of ten, sources mm -hmm. don't check the garden. Now, my advice for you sources out there, or if someone is looking to do sourcing, um, buy yourself a small stepladder so you can actually go and check the uh lofts yeah. and roofs there is now in the market cheap telescopic ladders very light as well when you can put the ladder up and and check everything always have a torch with you yeah yeah i know <clears throat> most of us now have smartphones and there's torch in the phone uh but sometimes the battery die as well isn't it mm. Yeah, and I suppose that's a standard torch is a lot stronger, has got a lot stronger beam as well. Yeah. So you can always see check basements. Yeah. Always check the consumer unit, which is electrical boards, because that will usually tell you if it's within the regulation or not. Or uh, and check the the gas meters. You know. Um, <clears throat> the other things which you will notice as well. If it's a commercial cell, Marika, so it, w it was a repossessed property. Mm. How do you uh, how do you see it? When you enter the property, automatically you will see labels on toilet taps, uh, uh, electrical switches, uh, with labels saying "Do not use." Okay, and that means that um, that means that. Uh, Basically, their property has been repossessed uh, by the bank. Usually, it's repossessed mm. by the bank. Mm. Uh, so again, you can negotiate a bit, a bit, bit better in some cases. In some cases, they don't want to come down less than certain price because they know what was the mortgage on this property. Now, when is the property mortgageable? Is when it has functional bathroom and functional kitchen, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Now... Um, if it's not functional bathroom, functional kitchen, then it's got to be cash purchase, cash acquisition. Okay. Um, now, if you're not sure how to calculate your numbers and your figures, you can always refer to our episode three of Investing and Living podcast, where we talk about how to calculate uh, your property figures. So please refer to that. Um, what else you need to be checking out? Local schools, local hospitals, uh, transportation, logistics, isn't it? Yeah. There is one thing that you always have to have as a saucer. And again, most sources don't even do that and have that. It's relevant documentation. Now, sourcing, it's a career. It's a job. It's a business. You need to have the relevant documentation. You need to have relevant insurances. Mm, yeah. Do you want to mention correct. that, Marika? Yeah. So there is, uh, yeah, there's certain requirements. I suppose uh, as as per country, um, you know, there's uh, there's certain level of requirements that you need to be registered with. You know, things like a, a local ombudsman and um, you know. Uh, it's very, it's very, my head, but it's very similar to estate yeah. engine. You pretty much have to have the same documentations, insurances, and guarantees as an estate agent. Also, uh, GDPR. Yeah. Yeah. So you cannot share information. You have to comply with that as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, if if you start now, 
and you have just one deal that you just want to pass it on for uh, for 3k prof you know profit and get a little bit of bonus money that's okay um but if you want to be doing this more often and more seriously please 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 have the relevant documentations because you don't want to have problems with uh uh with the relevant um, authorities yeah also uh it's quite important to protect yourself as well to have the right um paperwork when you are selling the property on so have an agreement with play in place with the investor that what happens if something goes wrong with the deal because sometimes you know things will go wrong and um you know uh, and and you need to have that agreement to protect yourself because uh, protect yourself and also there is an element of protection for the investor because the investor um, will be paying you a security fee so we charge a securing fee to secure a deal that is a non-refundable fee unless uh, there is something seriously wrong with the property and uh, we could not have predicted it um, so you know just just that agreement is is element um, of safety for you so you get the sourcing fee from the investor on completion and it also works both ways as a security for the investor because the investor will be paying you the deposit money um for that um you know for that 3k or however yeah so what we typically much. do first of all you also have to have a um liability insurance yeah yeah uh because it's a business um, and you, 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 you handling investors' money. So have a liability insurance. Doesn't matter if it's a renovation, sourcing, or you then renting the property for them. You still need the liability insurance. Um, so that's one thing. Second thing, as you mentioned, Marika, um, what you just said. About the ombudsman. Ombudsman, yeah. 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 But, uh, There's things like also local redress scheme and things like that. You just have to make sure, uh, you know, just, just research for yourself what, uh, you know, what is required to be compliant as a sourcing agent. I can't remember all of them on top of my head. I mean, when we've registered, we just make sure every year that we, we, we comply with it. Um, yeah. And um, there's a few other things uh, I want to mention, like, for example, GPS. When you're doing a lot of viewings, have two or perhaps even three different uh, apps, right? Mm. Uh, which I always have. So I usually have Wise, which is very mm. good because it tells you minute-to-minute uh, -minute traffic on the road. Um, I uh, also use Google Maps because that will take you to the relevant number uh, of the property so sometimes way wise is not taking it will take you to the postcode but will not find the correct number of the house so google is good for that but i also use TomTom -tom because if you go to places where there is no network or coverage TomTom -tom works without coverage so i always use three different ones um what else is there to mention uh that we perhaps missed when it comes to sourcing? Uh, I think we've covered pretty much all of it. So we mentioned EPC. We haven't uh, talked much about direct-to-vendor, but maybe we can cover that um, in future episodes. I think, yeah, direct-to-vendor yeah. we'll mention um, in future episodes, as in because direct-to-vendor could be buy to lead, could be uh, anything. But yeah, you, usually just to touch bases on there, you could do direct-to-vendor with lettuce, uh facebook advertisement gumtree advertisement mm. open rent spare room this yeah. is where you can uh you can also do your sourcing mm. direct mm. to vendors um when you see a property with an agent try to, to speak to local uh, local uh, um tenants mm. local people you know knock to the doors left and right uh, speak to them you know get get some of info especially when you're starting up yeah or if a property is empty, you see a property that is empty and you don't know where to go, what to do, you know, who's, how, how can you get this property? You know, can you, can you do something with it? Why is it empty? You know, what do you do? Like you can go, for example, you go knock to the neighbors, uh, go on the land registry, find out who the, you can who the owner a, is. You could yeah, put a handwritten letter straight away for, to the yeah. property. 
you can check on land registry who's the owner, send a letter. Yeah. So this is the sort of things you need to be thinking. Start, start, start thinking, uh, you know, uh, out of box, yeah. I would say, uh, yeah. as a sourcer. The more creative you become, the more profit you will have. And obviously, we like to offer off-hand service. So we would uh, find the property, we would renovate the property where you would charge the project management fee as well. We would guide the investor and, and talk to the solicitors on both ways, talk to the agents to make sure the process goes quite smoothly. Correct? Yeah. The other thing, uh, and then obviously when it goes back on the market, we would then also help the investor to rent, a view it and stuff like that, which you also can get a little bit of profits for yourself there. Um the other thing, Marika, uh, cost-wise, when you're sourcing, you you need to be thinking about okay, how the purchase price of the property as yeah. a sourcer, yeah. the renovation price, which is has to be included yeah. when you're packaging the deal, legal fee has yeah. to be included, all the searches has to be included. Okay, yeah. we you need to do project management fee, which is usually in UK. 10% of renovation fee. So, for example, if the renovation of the property cost £20,000, you would charge um, £2,000 for project management of this property to make sure you, uh, you uh, the builders, uh, you manage the builders, you, the investor doesn't have to come, it's all, all done by you. You get all the certification, electrical, gas, EPC, um snagging everything is done by you so it's ultimate hands-free service to your investor and their life is so much easier that way now is it good to use a marika saucer or not uh your... yeah 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 it's uh definitely the sources will have the relationship with the agents they would be there they would know the area well you know especially experienced sources so you might want to they'll have um, the knowledge of what, the area what, uh, yeah what sort of experience they have so knowledge of the area knowledge yeah what, what's locally local schools parks you know yeah. train stations and so on and usually you will have hassle-free property and hassle-free project hassle-free with experience you know, invest yeah, with experience obviously. now it's never hundred percent. It's never hundred percent. However, um, it's uh, it's definitely beneficial to use sourcing agents and sources. I think on that note, um, I think on that note, we've covered most of it. Yeah. So anyway, guys, we love you all. Love your work, and I'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed the podcast, remember to like and subscribe on your platform of choice.